Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. You probably noticed this. The winds of culture are trying to sweep our families away. And there's an enemy behind it. The enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But greater is he in us than the one in the world. And we can build strong and steadfast families. Families that not just survive in this culture, but families that thrive. And so we've got Dr. Danny Huerta with us to talk about this. He's the Vice President of Parenting at Focus on the Family. Let's talk about the invitation to parents. And I know you like this language, invitation. Tell me more about that. Yeah, invitation is is a word that uh, came to me as I was in the counseling office with with uh, with a family, and as I was talking to them, I was thinking through what what can I bring to this to this family to really capture the moments, whether they're difficult or they're uh, they're easy. And really, the word invitation came in that we are invited into conversation, into teaching and guiding our kids to correcting. Uh, and sometimes we see them as inconveniences, but this is an, an invitation to be shaped and also to shape along Christ as we're in that parent-child relationship. What does that look like in real life in your family? What's an example of that? Yeah, so I have uh, a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old, and I was uh, just recently working on on some things in the house. And my son came over and he said, "Hey, Dad, do you have do you have time? I, I'd like to I'd like to spend some time making a ring. Actually, he he does woodworking. I've, I'm not natural in woodworking. I said, absolutely. Let's just put this aside and let's let's have that moment together." Another example is my daughter recently was sick and she was throwing up in the middle of the night and uh, we were invited into uh, that moment with her. She said, she said, Dad, I feel like I'm going to die. I, I don't like this. And it was a very inconvenient time. It was 2.30 in the morning. And uh, it was an invitation to be present with her in a moment where she did not feel good at all. And it required patience when I uh, didn't, didn't feel patience and she wanted as much as she could get to just uh, to just have some help and have somebody present with her when uh, my wife and I felt tired. And that was an invitation for us to to just pause and be with her in that moment. And then uh, one more is uh, my daughter was saying uh, the other day, she said, Dad, do you have do you have a moment to talk? I have felt I've been feeling kind of lonely. And I said, yeah, hey, let's Mm -hmm. let's uh, let's take a walk. And I just wanted to pause everything so I could be Mm -hmm. fully present with her. It was something that was important, and she uh, felt enough trust to bring up something pretty deep. And again, it wasn't the most convenient moment. I had uh, something that I needed to to do, and I was getting ready to help my wife with dinner and some other things, and, and the pace was going fast. And I just said, hey, let's pause everything. I want to know what's happening. Tell me, tell me why you've been feeling lonely. Those are the different types of invitations, and they'll come out of nowhere, and to be ready for that invitation is also saying yes to the invitation of Christ saying, hey, why don't you come to me in the morning? Be still with me because I want to prepare you for the various invitations you're going to face today. And it begins with that. And uh, I recall early in my parenting when my daughter said, Dad, you have 60 seconds. I just want you to, to hold me. And in that, it, it really opened up for me the thought of, do I ask Jesus to hold me? Do I long for those 60 seconds? And do I feel that kind of trust with my Heavenly Father? And sometimes there's an invitation within our relationship with our kids 
where God's inviting us to understand how much he truly loves us as we love our own kids. And so look for those moments of invitation that are uh, right in front of you Mm -hmm. and can shape your perspective on life and take you into a different place. What I'm hearing you say about this overarching invitation is that we're invited into being shaped into Jesus' image as parents. We're being invited into shaping our kids into the image of Jesus. That's correct. And when there are behavior issues, when there's defiance, when there's pornography, when there's, I mean, just some big things that parents face, you're invited into a moment where you get to bring life and you get to bring perspective. But first of all, you get to listen. You get to listen and figure out what is happening inside of my child. What what are they wrestling with? What are they having a hard time with? And you enter with grace when you see it as an invitation rather than inconvenience. And that's, you have to invite patience and grace to the moment. Otherwise, you're going to miss some opportunities to really be able to bring life to places where life is trying to be taken away. And we know that sin, the brokenness of sin that comes into relationships and into people's lives is something that is uh, powerful. God's love and God's truth is more powerful than that. So as you enter into that, just know that as you listen, you create trust you create openness into something that your son or daughter is wrestling with. And they, they have an onslaught coming at them, mm-hmm. and we need to realize that. There are a lot of different mixed messages coming at them. There, there's a lot of confusion right now in culture, and they, they still have this need for a sense of belonging, a sense of competence, a sense of worth. They're wanting to feel independent of parents. They have the, these core needs that they're wrestling with as they're growing up. And at the same time, they want to many times please their parents and they want to follow Christ. And it just it gets really difficult at times. And there's some kids that are really, really struggling underneath the surface and want to look perfect. And we're invited to help them see that they don't have to be perfect. They just have to be open and to to follow Christ. And in that brokenness, they can be shaped as well. Danny, that's gold. Danny Huerta is the vice president of parenting at Focus on the Family. What I'm hearing is to be present with our kids, to be life bringers to our kids, to listen to them, to understand them and their uniqueness, and to know that, yeah, our culture and the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy, but we can stand in the gap for our kids and bring life. Jesus has given us authority, I can use that word, to protect our kids and build a family that thrives. Can I call you Danny? Yeah, please do. Okay. Please do. Okay. We had a guy that was a doctor and we said, can we call you by your first name? And he said, no, call me doctor. <laughs> wow. wow. No, Danny's good. Danny's okay. good. <laughs> uh, Danny, you yeah. use this word momentum. Every family has momentum. Unpack that mm. for us. Let's look at culture right now. We see momentum in a direction. Many people reference COVID as a momentum within culture, yet we have counter-momentums that 
crisis has given us. And that, that's the flow of what's happening in your home or in a day. And we can tell those types of things. We'll say, man, this is just not a good day. Or I need to go, I need to go to bed. It's just not, yeah. it just didn't start <laughs> off very well, right? Monday. And so we realize the momentum's not going well. And so we need to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And it seems that right now there's a disjointed culture, a broken culture or a culture that's needing a timeout to, to shift momentum. And we saw one of those with DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Wow. Uh, we, we, we saw a shift of momentum mm-hmm. there within culture, a little one, but man, it opened up some people's eyes to the divine, to where God is moving and that we have very little control over many things. And Just a quick comment on that. Dan Orlovsky's prayer on NFL Live on ESPN was a huge part of that, I think. Yes, and, and, and in reading that Josh Allen at this point is, is also, he used to go to church as a young kid and uh, it hasn't gone too often. And yet now he feels this, this kind of revival inside of, of saying God is real. And we saw other players within the Buffalo Bills organization also more boldly claim their faith. And it took a, a, a moment of, of really knowing and realizing we have very little control over this momentum called death. And going into that and not knowing and the anxiety around that caused people to know I need to I need to I need an anchor somewhere because momentum's too much here. And that anchor is Christ. And so if in our home we can begin to look at what momentums do we have in our home? What are the momentums pushing hard against our home? And what momentums do I can I create and which ones do I create? Yeah. Sometimes we we come home from work. Or we're frustrated in, in the marriage, and then that spills into the parenting. Or from work, you come in stressed, and that's the momentum you bring. And what is that creating within the home environment? And uh, as we look at social media, technology, enter- entertainment, what momentums are coming into our home? And how are we bringing God's Word and prayer to shift momentum to a place that is stable, that is based on truth, that brings peacefulness. Guys, a lot of times we have parenting uh, type of issues, right? So that's marriage combined into the parenting, <laughs> where we have a momentum in that marriage that affects our ability yeah. to be present with our kids and vice versa. And thus uh, so we have to be aware of those momentums as well. There's a lot of self-awareness here. It's a lot about paying attention. Yes, it's it's uh, being attentive, one, to what's happening and what's happening in the other person, but what's happening inside of me. And what what is it that I want to do within the roles that I've been given? And I love John 7, 38, uh, 37 and 38, where Jesus, this one time where he stood up and he cried out and he said, whoever is thirsty, come to me. And so that, that's one of those momentums, right? You're thirsty. Just come to me. And then he said, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So that momentum that Christ wants to bring through us to this world, do we invite that? Are we thirsty for Christ? And in that, that's where it begins. And there are many broken homes. And when you see parents really get it, where there's an invitation there, and there are momentums that are happening, that they're not permanent, that they can step into those and uh, trust in Christ, they do see, they experience a strengthening. 
and, and really a, a wisdom in the moments that they have with their kids. And there's a lot of imperfections there. Parenting is not about being perfect. But like you said, about paying attention to what God's doing, not only in, in your kid's life, but in your life along the way. Because uh, parenting is about shaping both people. Danny Huerta, Vice President of Parenting at Focus on the Family. And if you're a parent, you know, it just comes to me right now, just creating that time where the Holy Spirit just pours into you and and the Mm -hmm. Word is poured into you, just having that time so that the Word and the Spirit can pour through you yeah. to your kids. That's the momentum we want to bring into our households. We yeah. want the momentum of Jesus. We want to bring Jesus in. How do we create a steadfast home? Spiritually, emotionally, relationally? How do we do that? Yeah, it's about carving out time and uh, spending time in conversation about what's happening in life and then bringing perspective from God's Word. There are five core areas that I tell parents, if you're going to create the steadfast home, focus on these things. One is having prayer on a regular basis and showing that that's an ongoing conversation with the Heavenly Father and being able to unite in our mind for one another and, and with each other. And then the second one is reading scripture out loud, uh, where you know, maybe it's one piece of scripture or multiple. And I love to, to, to write in my, we have journals on, at our table in our home. And uh, in my daughter's journal, she loves to get uh, a, a scripture verse or a quote, and that helps her re-engage her mind mm-hmm. in Christ on a daily basis. And then uh, the other one is just being reminded every day that you, you're a child of Christ, yeah. no matter what. And then uh, fourth is rest and balance, having a, a time of, of rest and making sure you're pausing and taking those, mm-hmm. those times to, to do that. Those are some of the important things to have as a family. Did you get all five in there? Oh, yes. The, the fifth one. The fifth one. I, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, because I just completely, absolutely went, went blank on the fifth one. That no, that's no worries. Isn't that hilarious? Do you guys ever do that? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, All the time. You guys yeah. never do that. This is and, our life. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll let everyone hear you do this. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> just yeah, want to keep it fair. The last one is which is one I talk about all the time. I just, I just saw my notes here. It's humility. Speaking of that, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, no, humility is one of the key ingredients in a child's life to be able to see Christ. And Christ emphasizes humility in his, all throughout scripture and that he's with the humble. Mm. And that does create a steadfast home and a steadfast identity because it's not based on what people think of you. It's not based out of thirst for people's acceptance, Mm -hmm. but it's really out of thirst where you love other people and you love out of an abundance. And I'm tracking with you, Danny, because humility creates the kind of momentum that you want. Yes, it begins there. You become a contributor in God's kingdom rather than a consumer within it. Let's be honest. I My kids are all grown up and they've been honest with me about my timing being off when it came to having difficult conversations, you know, having the sex talk. They're like, oh, mom, you were so incredibly late. And I remember like I had this little book that I read to them when they were in kindergarten, you know, 
So, yeah. but somehow it didn't all translate. What I had in mind and my intentionality and what they learned and how they learned didn't go down the way that I wanted it to or the way that they wanted it to. Talk to us a little bit about the difficult conversations. What are the difficult conversations that we need to have today? And how do we figure out when to have them? So true, Shauna. It, it, it really is a, it's a tough one because there's some personalities uh, in your home that need conversations much earlier than others. And so it takes also learning each individual child and what they're ready for. And so it is pretty complex, but in general, we do see with, with, within today's culture, you do need to begin to hit gender type of conversations very early on to assure them and reassure them of, of, of God's design, God's creation in the various interests that different personalities have so that they don't get confused that if a boy likes a bunch of things that girls like, he's under the assumption that maybe I'm a girl. And then culture affirms that. Mm-hmm. Instead, you as a parent begin those conversations, reaffirming them with uh, who they've been designed to be. And then uh, talking early about the beauty and the gift of, of each person's body and who they are. And uh, you can start talking early about the feelings we get. I still remember my son. We were walking in the, in the mall. And I said, hey, son, I knew we were coming up towards Victoria's Secret. He was about seven years old, seven, eight. And we had talked about just attraction and different things like that and, and haven't, hadn't had a real formal lesson. And so we're just walking. And, and I, I said, hey, why don't you look to the right? There's, there's going to be a little jewelry store up here. And I want you to see the cool watches and things to your right. And because I knew we were coming. In. And so just how we are, human nature, we want to look where we're not supposed to. And so, so he's just walking along and I see him. I I just wanted to see how he would handle the moment. I gave him an intersection and he, he glanced over. He was just peeking, thinking I, had, I couldn't see him. And he was peeking over at the pictures. And as we passed and we finished, on the other end, I said, hey, son, what, what did you feel? Because I saw you were kind of looking around. What happened inside? He said, Dad, I felt tinglys inside. <laughs> I said, oh, that's, remember, we've talked about attraction. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of feels like. And I said, what do you think's happening in that, in that picture? And what, what are they trying to do? And so we had a great conversation <laughs> about marketing and advertising. And he got it. And he still references that, that conversation. You, can, you have a lot of invitations, as we talked earlier, to have these, these conversations along the way. It doesn't have to be a formal, let's sit down, let's have candles or something. And let's just uh, you know, let's talk mm-hmm. carefully about a topic. But as they come up, just enter into them, even mm-hmm. if it's uncomfortable. It's side to side in the car. A child may say, hey, how do, how do people have kids? And you can give them the scientific, factual information then. And many times, questions guide the timing. You'll start to hear questions. But that requires relationship, time together, spending time together. So the questions will come up. If you're hurried all the time and there isn't that time together, most likely they'll still have the questions, but they'll have them quietly or they won't have enough uh, relational time to, to bring it out. So carve out those moments and then uh, sometimes uh, ask questions about what, they're, what, what feelings they're feeling inside. Those are, that's a real good conversation from an early age. Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling mm-hmm. afraid? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling depressed? Giving them, giving them a lot of words to work with as you ask conversations, because many times 
the difficult conversations are swayed by what emotions are felt in the moment. So make sure you're dealing with the emotional world from an early age so that they know that vocabulary and you can begin there. It's non-threatening. Hey, are you feeling this? And then I wonder where that feeling's coming from. And then you can begin to dig further into thoughts and the behaviors and to decision making, into belief systems that they're forming. But a lot of times that first front door is the emotional world of your child because that's where they live in. Oh, man, that's so good. I have kids who for sure are really, really good at identifying the feelings. You know, one that will say to me, I feel very anxious right now and I don't know why, or I'm feeling extremely sad today and nothing has actually, you know, brought that up. And I'm like the other end of the spectrum where I'm like, I got stuff to do. I got places to be. I, you know, I'm not good at identifying my feelings. But what I'm hearing you say is that this, um, this is a tool to help us to identify, you know, I mean, every now and then, well, yeah. Perry has joked that he needs a little chart with the happy faces and the, how are you feeling today, Shauna? Because <laughs> I need some help and he needs to know. He needs to know what's yeah. going on in there. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I don't want to know. <laughs> but what you're sharing about feelings and drawing your kids out with their feelings Man, that is just gold. Mm -hmm. That is gold, gold, gold. If you just heard Danny talk about, you know, just how he interacts with his kids about their feelings. Oh, man, lock that into your brain. Let it be imprinted, implanted, emblazoned in your mind and bring that into your family. You know, I want to say something, Perry and Sean, of something that I've enjoyed doing with both my son and daughter along the way. Now, 19 and 17 is... I would sit down and I would look into their eyes. I would pause enough to look into their eyes and I would make sure they understood each day that I love them tremendously and that I'd, I'd give my life for them without hesitation. I want them to understand that anything I do is out of that, that outflow. And then in that same kind of intensity, sometimes I'll come up to them and I'll look into their eyes and I'll say, hey, tell me what's going on. I see there's 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 something deep in there, and I think we need to explore. And I want to take whatever time it takes. I'll pause everything if we need to get tea, whatever we need to get. But I want to go from the feelings, because I see them there, back into the thought bubbles, and then from thought bubbles to figure out what did you experience? What, what came at you that penetrated that deep? Or what are you anticipating in the future that's got you rattled up? And I just want to be there with you as a dad, if you'll invite me in. Man, if the Lord is tugging on your heart and you're like, I need to lean in to my parenting a little bit more, go to focusonparenting.com. It's focusonparenting.com. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.